people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hey everybody, what's going on? I'm your host Nubia. And I'm Francis. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. And with today's show, we have Craig, the Cheap God, Young. Cheap God! The Cheap God! (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Craig? I'm nothing, just chilling, man. Just chilling. Living your best life? Oh yeah, living my best cheap life. I can dig it. So, the Cheap God. Tell us all how this started. How did you create this? Program? So basically, one of my homeboys who's probably who's probably gonna ask me for money if I become big is basically like we would always travel and he would always say like, "Yo, Craig, you cheap guy." And I'm just like, I'm not really cheap. I just know the right price of certain things. I'm sorry that I know how much food should cost. I know how much this should cost. So they just said, "Oh, you the cheap guy." And I was like. Huh, why make that a name? And then, you know, I just kept going with it. People was like, Are you serious? I'm like, Yeah. And then, like, everybody's like, Yo, it's mad catchy. It's funny and it's catchy. I was like, Yeah. So I just kept going with it. And people always wondered, like, how I traveled, like, on a low, like, in America, how I traveled so much on a low middle class budget after taxes about $23,000 a year. So people always wanted how I traveled. Like I did last year, I did eight different countries. And then the other months I just traveled within the States. So people always wonder how I did it. And I was just like, I just want to explain and talk to them and see if they actually want to know. Cause a lot of people don't like the budget travels. Cause when people, most people, when they travel is they vacation. So mm-hmm. just throw money on their vacation. Yeah. It is not everybody's way. So what is the Cheap God brand about? Um, it's going to be just about budget traveling. Like, I'm going to incorporate all my three loves, food, fitness, and travel. I'm going to be doing, like, budget traveling, like, what to do or, like, how much stuff would cost or being, like, a local when you travel. And then also working out, being healthy, being healthier than how you were in America with all the processed foolishness and everything like that and how, like, your body's just going to change totally if you, like, eat when you travel and then also fitness, food, and then food, too. Like, the food and the fitness kind of clash together. Yeah, that's basically it. So you're going to create, like, a guide? I know you have a YouTube channel. Give us a little background. Guide, yeah. Like, it's still in the, like, it's still in the building phase. Still... I don't know anything about marketing or anything like that. People trying to like tell me about stuff and I'm literally just doing everything on my own. People say I should I should like outsource some stuff, but you know, I'm the cheap guy, so I don't know if I'm gonna pay somebody to do something for me. I taught myself how to edit and so it's just I don't know yet. So like I know like different plans and different outlines, how to find like I know I wanna do an outline how to find the cheapest flight or the best hub cities in America 
how to fly to the certain hub cities or knowing what airlines are the cheapest in your city. Like, I want to do stuff like that. Because that's the main questions I usually get asked is like, so how do you get over here from over here? But you were over there. And I was like, because being from Houston, well, being, well, you know, I lived in Houston. Houston's the third largest city in America, but is the crappiest hub in America. Only two airlines are hubs in Houston. That's United and Southwest. So most of my flights, what I used to do, I used to just catch a Southwest flight to a better hub city like New York, Miami, L.A. Like to get here, I flew Southwest to L.A. And then I flew EVA from L.A. to Taipei to to, to Bangkok because it came out cheaper because from Houston, Bangkok would have been like, I think like $600 one way. Mm. LA to Bangkok was only 375 one way. Sounds so right. people just got to realize they hubs because people have to realize flying between hubs is very cheap. Very, very cheap. Super cheap. You might be able to get a flight from LA anywhere for like maybe $100 and you're saving like $300 flying to your destination from wherever you're at. But yeah, that's basically what I was trying to do. That's a good point. That is a good point. I guess it comes down to if you want to do the hop on, hop off kind of thing. And yeah, step back a little bit further. So you're in the military, so you're not new to traveling and changing a bunch of locations and all that. Tell us how you, what made you decide to finally, because your plan is to travel for two years. So what made you come up to that decision to want to, I'm using the word permanently loosely, but you know, to really focus on the next two years specifically for travel. So basically, I've been wanting to do this for the last two years. Like, literally. Literally, I've wanted to do this for the last two years. Because after I got the Army, I got another dead-end job. And after I got that, that dead-end job, I got another dead-end job. And I was like, yo, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave and go travel the world. Because I've been traveling since I was one. So, like, my mom is, like, I've seen mostly Europe, seen uh, Northern Africa. Like, I've seen a lot of places. And then I also live in Asia while in the military. I've been traveling forever. So it was just like, I was going to do, do this. But people, you know, trying to break that, that westernized norm of you have to get this job. And even if you hate this job, you got to sit through this job and just wait for your two weeks, two weeks off. Like I've been wanting this like the last two years. I like I was like, okay, okay. And then finally I didn't get this job that I was trying to apply to with, with the FBI. I didn't get it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm gone. I can't do it. I'm gone. I'm I'm fed up. I'm done. And a lot of people they say, oh, yo, that's dope. And a lot of people are like, yo, you're, you're, you're stupid. You're, you're nut. But that's what, when I talk to most people who've done it, that's what they said. That's the reaction they get. That's basically why, that's the way, like, nothing was going right. So I was like, the only time I'm actually really happy is when I'm on an airplane or in a different country. You know what? I got the money. Yeah, because the military, I got the money because I'm a vet. Okay. Utilize your resources. Boom. Yeah, I always wondered what the money was for. I used to just blow it on dumb stuff. So I always wondered what the extra money was well, for. You're using, like I said, you're utilizing your resources and you're doing what you love, which is travel. So you decided yeah. once you got overseas to create a blog or a vlog just to kind of chronicle your journey? Document things that I do. It's just honestly, with anybody who travels, they know that like trying to get out this travel lag and not want to do nothing is kind of hard. When you first start, so it's like a slow process for me because literally I wake up all I want. Sometimes all I want to do is wake up, walk down the gym, come home and make some food and call it a day. Yeah, because you were telling us that, you know, you've been working since you were 15. And now what does it feel like to not have that nine to five kind of movement? It literally, to be real with you, people might not believe it, but it's literally your brainwashed since the day you're born that you have to work. And so to get out of that 
thing. Like, it's still weird to me. Like, I still sit here and wonder, should I be doing something? Is there something I need to be doing? Is it weird I'm just sitting right here on my, on my behind not doing nothing? All right, Craig, you don't watch a lot of Netflix. You don't sit on a rooftop. Okay, what, what we going to do? I, like, I honestly, like, if something it hits me, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I literally question, should I be doing something? Even, like, when I was about to leave, I questioned myself a lot. Like, am I doing the right thing? I'm about to break the norms. I'm about to do this. I'm about to leave. Now I'm here. It's just like, okay. I'm still like it's still it's a lot it's a lot of things that you were just institutionalized a lot of things that you were just drilled into your head so trying to get it out of your system is kind of hard and everything I thought I was the only one but that's a lot of people who were in the whole corporate world nine to five and then be like okay I'm done it's still fresh I'm still exploring I'm still learning so it's just like yeah it takes time to just sit down and actually just be still to get accustomed to that yeah. because we're not used to we're just going and going and then now you have the opportunity to just really take inventory and reflect and, and just yep, basically. I know for a fact for me I enjoy watching you on this journey you and I had literally met when you landed in basically. Shanghai so I didn't know you prior to that other than just some like IG not IG it was like Facebook messaging yeah, Facebook messaging that's it you the plug but you light you up plug bro you look you hook the brother up with the crib and the bike i'm chilling that's what's up i'm just you're good i just really enjoy watching you enjoy your journey so Man, I'm, I'm loving it i'm loving this i'm loving yeah just educating people on how fresh the food yeah. is and how it's good for your body and the cost of it and how inexpensive it is to eat it's easy to just tell somebody that but when you're really showing yeah. them in the mist, you know, you'll go to the market and you have like a table full of groceries <laughs> and you'll have like all the prices. Like I only spent, you know, $10. When I sold somebody the real size of a real strawberry, they were like, why is it so small? Because that's a real strawberry, man. That's what a real strawberry looks like. Yeah, I remember that, folks. It's not filled up with all this stuff. Like, there's no such thing as a small, a medium, or a large egg. They're all the same price. So, like, they're all the same size, like, and they're brown. I don't know what type of foolishness y'all been thinking. Y'all been going through. <laughs> right? That's so true, though. And, and even with the eggs, I know this is really, like, off the wall. We're so accustomed to refrigerating our eggs, but when you buy the eggs in Asia, they're not refrigerated. They're not. Yeah, it's not even in South America. Honestly, I, I think the only, think America and a few countries in Europe refrigerate their eggs but everybody else none of the eggs are refrigerated because there's no need to refrigerate there's no need to refrigerate because they're like eggs and like so like, <laughs> I don't know the science behind it but I'm <laughs> I don't know the science behind it but I just know like they taste so good like you know a real egg real eggs taste good and like, what real chicken tastes like, right? Real, real. Like, the food just tastes like you just tell the difference between how the food is. And it's just, and I try to open people's eyes up about how institutionalized eating bad food is in America compared to other countries. You literally can get a, I got a pineapple for, for 15 cents when a pineapple in America costs about like, unless it's on sale, like $3. So I was just like, but then you have to realize also, I've read articles where like there a lot of countries are mad because Seven Eleven are like they don't like Seven Eleven even though there's like a million Seven Elevens here they don't like Seven Eleven because they're giving the population junk food even in South Korea it's part of South Korea they arguing when I used to live there like there's Krispy Kreme the Dunkin' Donuts everything here and Koreans started getting larger. There's a Krispy Kreme in Korea. There's every every. There's one in Japan too. Every fast food chain you could think of is in Korea Taco Bell Krispy Kreme. 
Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John. Everything's in Korea. Wow. Lottie, dotty, everything. So it's just trying to explain to people that sell it. Like, I literally have friends, literally people that, how do you eat there? What do you, oh my God, you eating outside. Oh my God. Oh my God. The street food, like, Dude, I, I can't eat street food. I can't. Did, did you have to take charcoal pills? Oh my god! I'm like, what's a charcoal pill, bro? Just eat the food. These people been around here for thousands of years, and nothing ain't wrong with them. Like, what's wrong? The only thing I don't mess with it. The only thing I'm look sketchy on is water. They because a lot of water is filtered. A lot of come my friends, they drink the water, but I still haven't tested it. Everything else, I eat. I eat big fella. I go there <laughs> I and eat. I can dig it. I can dig it. And that's the thing about it. Street food in Thailand is amazing. Now, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. Oh, that's amazing. If my restaurant got four walls, I'll eat that. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I, I do about... Is, if it if my restaurant is more if the, if the food is more than fifty baht I can't even do it big fella can't even do it I got to, gotta find me another fifty baht is my limit. So have the cheap gods created a budget? What is the ultimate cheap but comfortable budget for someone who's living in Chiang Mai? It's all about how much money, how much income you have, and how comfortable you are with how you eat. Basically, my daily budget was about I put it. $20 a day, $20 US a day. But I was like, my goal was 10, but I wouldn't mind if I go to 20. I cook sometimes and I eat out sometimes. So let's say if, if you don't want to cook, you want to eat out all the time, you'll probably spend maybe a dollar fifty on each time on lunch, on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then if you want to get some snacks or something like that. Honestly, the most expensive thing in this country is alcohol. That's literally the most money. The most money you will spend if you are a budget eater and a budget traveler the most money you will spend in chiang mai is on alcohol and cheap alcohol for that. you will spend about the bottle of hong toy i got was about 300 baht you just had nothing to do so you just be like okay let's pop open pop a bottle real quick because you don't want to get the american bottles and pay 800 baht or a thousand baht so it's just like you gotta do like that but i say my budget was about twenty dollars like I have a I have an app that I got offline and literally it'll have the different currencies and you'll just input it and if it inputs that bot it will translate it into US dollars so you'll know how much you spend a day. Right now I'm not really I'm budgeting, but I know that I'm budgeting because like I have a couple other incomes coming in because I got unemployment as well and my veteran check and then because I'm in school I get my school check too but I'm still not throwing money like I should be throwing money away but I, I'm really not I can't do it you should not be throwing the money away because most people would though and there's nothing wrong with treating yourself if you decide to go on an actual vacation and they get up for a few days do that but you know what I try to tell people when they come to Thailand, I say roughly about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month is a comfortable budget. That's really about it. Because when the unemployment dry up and I finished school in 
like my budget, my my monthly will be like my monthly income will be about twelve hundred after I pay off this car, which I wish I could have sold before I left. But so it'll be about twelve hundred. So that's really, and you actually can be comfortable. Like you could eat, you could fill up the gas tank on your bike, you can go to other places in Thailand because the like I saw flights to um, Pattaya for sixteen dollars. You could literally Air Asia is like Spirit, but you know you might as ride it. You good? Go <laughs> get to where you need to go. Can't stand. Air Asia, but I'm always on their flights, Lord, because <laughs> they fly everywhere. You just suck that up, big fella. Do what you gotta do. I did fly Bangkok Air one time, and it was a little bit more. But yo, Bangkok Air, they have an economy lounge in Bangkok Airlines. I mean, Bangkok Airport. They have an economy lounge, but just the economy he was class. Chilling. Fed me. He was I was like, I was like, wait. Cause I saw a regular person walking around. I'm like, wait, can I walk here too? Said a regular I never person. been in lounge before, so I felt different. So I was like, oh wow. I was like, oh, so this is how they, this is how people feel when they get in love. Oh, I was like, I feel a little, I feel a little. I do have to interject though. Lounges are the shit, especially for like long haul flights. I live by them. I I cannot sit at the gate for four or five hours. I'd rather be in the lounge with the free Wi-Fi, free beer, wine, beverages, food. Comfortable. The good thing about Taipei there for when I have my little in Taipei, their airport has sections, relaxation sections in the airport. So they had relax like they had massage chair, free massage chairs, relaxations like in every terminal. So yeah. I just found a chair and I just sat there. I had like a five hour layover and called it a day. So cheap God, why do you think it's important for people to hear this cheap God message? Because like I feel like a lot the thing that I don't judge people anymore because I ain't gonna lie, I used to judge people. But now I don't. I just be like we everybody travels different. But I feel like when you just wanna be that super spending money person when you travel, you're not getting the full the full experience of the country. Cause why would you leave America to go to America again? That's what I try to explain to people. I'm just like, yo, you left America and now you come into Thailand to eat a cheeseburger. Like why? Like why? Or you left America or you come to Thailand to be on a resort and never leave the resort. Like, why? Like, I understand, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, some tours are cheaper just to, to do tours than try and do it yourself. Because sometimes it could be a little bit cheaper. You know, like doing an island tour or something, it could be cheaper. But I try to explain to you, like, yo, experience localism. See how the locals live for real. Like, the, the area I'm in, thankfully, you know, to the plug on here, you know, hook me up with an apartment. Literally, it's local. Like, local, local. So I'm just like, you see the, like, people know me now, like, walking down the street. They say hello, and, like, they, you know, so, like, I tell you, like, experience that. I get it. Oh, you want to go on vacation? You want to enjoy life? Some people is like that, but see how it is, how real localism is when you go to the country. Because at the end of the day, if you're just going to travel for the gram, you can just uh, edit some fake stuff and make some fake news. and Save your money, right? He did when the Bali volcano exploded and pretended that he was drinking a mimosa in front of the volcano while it was exploding. Like, nah, just do that, bro. That's why I try to explain it. It's not, it's not hard, but then you have to realize the Western culture, a lot of people are just so entrapped in the Western culture that, like, they just they don't want to do it. Yeah, they have a hard time deviating from it, so. They have a lot, hard time deviating yeah. from it. Very hard time. And I mean, you travel so far away and you don't really get to experience the culture of where, you, yeah. where you're at. And I think there's a time and place for everything. I mean, like you know, like you said, there are those people who just vacay. And no problem with that. You know, vacay. Vacay, you'll vacay away. All right. But uh, at the end of the day, I think, at least for me, the most interesting and most impactful experience is, is through the locals. 
talk to, to the locals. So. Talking to the people because at the end of the day, where they, to be honest with you, people still aren't used to seeing black people get off planes. So like when, when they see us get off planes, unless you're in a very, in a country that really isn't feeling you really that much, but Thailand, these people are nice. Like nice. It's the land of smiles. They literally, I literally feel like I like no like I'm, I'm not black. I'm not like a little. I'm black, but still. But like, it don't feel like awkwardness that I felt when I was in other countries. Sometimes you would feel awkward. They're still not used to seeing us, but they don't act weird when they see us. That's the thing. I, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, they're still not used to seeing because like, a lot of black people don't still are still learning this whole travel thing. But they don't act weird, and that's the thing I like because when I was living in Korea, like they would act weird. And soldiers been in Korea since the '60s and the '50s, and they still act weird when they see us and i'm just like okay what does weird mean what do you mean like they will just stare at you mm. like at least thai people will say something to you the koreans they literally would just stare at you and they will probably touch you too and that's the thing they just, they'll stare at you and then touch you be on the subway and the person will just stand next to you and just look at you and stare at you and look at you and then touch your arm and then like okay and they might touch your dreads and then be like yeah and i'm just like okay this how this is the game gonna play cool. I always wonder what if I just walk around and just start poking and stabbing him. You know what I mean? Just be like, oh, look at that. I was like, wait, you know what? I'm in another country that might throw me in jail. Start poking at their people. Yeah. I'm good. So tell us how okay, so you lived in Korea. Was that the only other country you lived in? Um, I lived in Jamaica a few years as well, growing up though. So that's where I'm from. But as an adult, Korea was the first long term place that I lived in. It was a great experience. Besides the like I said, the awkwardness being black. Besides that, it was a great experience because I was unlike a lot of other soldiers that were there. I had people that lived in the building with me that never left base at all. Mm. They were there for a whole year, never left base. Really? Never stepped foot outside the gate. But my uh, higher-ups always knew Friday, Craig was gone. Young was gone. Young was on the next train somewhere. I was either in Seoul Busan, I was, I was somewhere. Cause I just want to see the country. Cause I was like, you gonna give me a a year free to come to a country? Yes, I'm in the military, and there's so much BS rules that I have to follow because of stupid soldiers that have done dumb stuff. But I would get a year free, and I just get to roam the country. Oh yeah, I'm about you to was do on my it, huh? thing. Oh, so. Would you owe, let's say, because you said you've been traveling since you were like one. So would you owe your adventurous spirit to your family for getting you out and traveling and being cultured as a child? Yeah, my mom. Yeah, my mom did not play about. My mom told me straight up, you have an American passport and that's it. You are not American. You all, you will have an American. That's it. That's it. Literally. Culture. Literally. She was stuffed. She was like, we would travel to Europe. And like, I remember, I think, I forgot, I think we went to uh, France and she was eating snails. And she was like, you want to have some? And I was like, hmm. She was like, you're not going to eat if you don't have some. And I was like, that's literally what she used to do. Cause that's really like, I eat anything. Like there, there's nothing I won't eat. There's only, well, chitlins. That's about the only thing I want to eat. That's the line. That's what the line Thailand crosses. loves them some chitlins. <laughs> That's where the line crosses. But um, but everything else, like literally, that's what I, I really thank my mom for like how my traveling spirit. Because literally, the I literally grew up on an airplane. Literally grew up on an airplane. That's really what I wanted to do growing up was design airplanes. But you know, with math and science, all that, all that, that complex stuff. All that complex. I'd let like that dream go, big fella. I'd let that dream go. <laughs> that's what's up. No, I love it because it does. 
it shapes you as an adult, you know, and you're going to appreciate this journey a lot more. You are vacationing, but you're, you're actually embedded in the community. You're actually taking time out to spend time to yourself, A, which self-care is so important. It's best that you're not ripping and running and all your time is taken up because you're vacationing. You're actually just slow traveling right now, which is, is what you're trying to do, right? Yeah, that's really what I'm trying to do. Like, I really just, right now, like, I'm just at a point where, like, okay, I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but I can see myself coming back to either here or either here or Vietnam, probably be the either two places I can see myself just getting stuck in. I can see myself getting stuck here, but like I still want to see other places. Like my goal was to see, I got 52 pages in my passport. My goal was to knock the goal. Like I got most South, I'm trying to do most Southeast Asia, trying to do Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, India, trying to do Tel Aviv, Lebanon, Jordan, Turkey, trying to do countries in Africa, trying to do Eastern Europe because it's cheaper. Like I'm not touching Western Europe. I'm good. I cannot afford Western Europe. I will be on Eastern Czechoslovakia, Ukraine, Croatia, all those places. I'm not going near London. I've been there already, so it's cool. I can dig it. And then, you know, if things work, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to like. Everything's just, and then like working wise, I don't know if I'm working. If money gets tight, if I plan accordingly, I don't see it. But, you know, God forbid anything happens, like money gets tight, you know, you like teach online or something like that. You can do that. But right now, I'm not, I don't feel like doing nothing but just chilling. And live your life. Live your best life. So you're just embracing the uncertainty. So yeah. I think that's a huge part of traveling. Well, that's a huge part of life, period, yeah. is to embrace that uncertainty. So how are you able to do that? Because a lot of people really struggle. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, I literally, like, there's even some days since I've been here, I've sat here and thought, like, yo, did I make the right decision? And then I go down the street and eat some food, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, like I said, it's institutionalized in us that we must follow these guidelines in life. It's a westernized complex that money equals success. That is a westernized complex that money equals success. It's not about how happy you are. You know, I tell my friends all this, like I tell my friends that told me I was crazy. I was like, you want to know something? When I got to Thailand and you, you sit down and you talk to these people, these people think I was talking to somebody to make an average of maybe $9 a day. These people not making barely anything, and they still have a smile on their face. But when you're in America, you literally are killing yourself for 40K a year, which is like 20-something after taxes, and 14 days PTO, if that. And you're unhappy. And then you're trying to compete and compare yourself to everybody else. And I tell people, that's, that's the one thing I'm so happy that I'm here, because now I don't compare myself to nobody. Literally, when I was in America, I was comparing myself to everybody. Like, I was like, yo... Why is my friend making six figures? I'm not making six figures. What did I do wrong? Like, what's going on? And now I'm here. Now they all want to compare themselves to me. Like, you just living your life. Do all this stuff with me. I'm like, man, you got your money. You like, you, but you know, I can't travel doing something. Like, you do what you got to do, man. Like, but the people who say that could never live on my budget. That's why. That's why people who say, oh, yeah, bro, you're living a life. I'm like, but can you go out and eat somewhere that the food's prepared outside? Or, can you ride a scooter even though versus a car because it's only two bucks to fill up? Can you do that? Can like uh, can you be can you be about that life? 
and they're like, nah. well, a lot of us don't know if we're about that life until you get here. You just got to come sure. into that mindset that you're going to embrace whatever comes. Your a lot way. of people don't want to do that. That's the thing. A lot of people don't want to embrace that. Embracing that is probably one of the hardest things ever is embracing that. Trying to like say like, okay, yo, I'm actually going to enjoy this trip. But yeah, so some people just have different mindsets and I can't, not everybody travels the same. Exactly. You do. You just do you. You do me, and I just tell them straight up. Just don't ask me to go nowhere with you. Cheap God ain't having it. I'm on a budget. No, I'm sure people, people know not to ask me. Like people know. All right, yeah, we're not gonna ask Craig to go here. I only got one friend that continues to ask me because he want to. Do I want to go trip with him? And I know he spends a lot of money. And I know. And I don't know why he asked me. He's like, well, you know. Like I'm just trying to you know be the good friend and always let you know like there's always a space. I'm like, bro, you know I'm you know I can't keep up with you. Like no, they at Coachella throwing money, like just throwing money. I'm not gonna pay four five hundred dollars to watch somebody sing and dance. I don't so care this how has you always do. been no. you. The, the cheap God has always yeah. been your motif. Yeah, because literally I was raised with nothing. Being raised with people say, oh, you raised money, you got money, you should be able to just you you should be able to just you know spend money, enjoy money. And I'm like no. I literally, my entire life, all, I literally had to make everything myself. When I was in high school, I had two jobs. When I was in college, I had three jobs. When I wanted my first cell phone, I had to buy my own cell phone. When I wanted my first car, I had to buy my first car. So you knew the value. Yeah, I know the value of my, I know how much things should be. And yes, I'm not going to say I'm the cheapest person because, you know, I got an Apple Watch or I got a GoPro. But like, I work out a lot. That's why I got the Apple Watch. I know the Apple Watch won't last long. But I'm not going to be here and like buy the expensive sneakers or, you know, like do it like I'm I'm just not, just not, just not me. If I see appreciation of some things, then I'll, I would purchase it. But it's like, I'm not the person like, clearly there's a fan right behind me. So I, the AC ain't been on since I got here. So I'm good. I just sits it. right here in front of my face. So what's your travel like? Gonna What's what's it going to be like? Do you plan on staying in countries for like a few months at a time? So you gave yourself only two years to travel? Is that it? Gave myself two years, but that was just, a, that was just so I didn't scare everybody. Like literally, like I, I literally come like... Back, yo. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I really probably, literally, I probably will go back to sell my car. And that's about it. Like literally something would have to come... The perfect situation not to pop up, like uh, a work from home, unlimited PTO type. But I know I don't make it. Unlimited I know PTO. I don't, you know, there is. There it is, exists. It exists in America. That stuff exists in America. Unlimited PTO exists. But I know that I don't fit none the criteria for that. I don't see myself coming back. I know my money. I was watching somebody's blog and they were like, in America, to be the top 1% of America, you have to make over 500K. To be the top 1% in Thailand, you got to make over 31K. So, <laughs> you think I'm going back? You're so crazy. So, I can't take it. <laughs> think I'm going back? Uh, I could go to the embassy and order another passport. That's fine. Whenever I run out, they could expedite it. We could. I'm good. I don't know. I, I don't see myself. I never saw myself being American. That's one thing. Like how I was raised, I never saw myself being following those norms, following those things. And people were like, but you were joining the military. I was like, I joined the military because I didn't know what to do at the college. I had no plan. Just like now, I'm I moved out here because I'm lost. When I graduated college, I didn't know what to do. And the only thing I saw was the military. Fortunately, I'm reaping the benefits. So, hey, thank you for your service, sir. Appreciate it. Sure. So, Craig, what advice do you have for folks who are thinking about doing exactly? what you're doing, cheaping it all and everything.
So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Just do it. Literally, yeah. you want to know the hardest thing about all the people I've met that has, have done this, including me, is doing it. Literally, starting the process. If you have in the back of your head, if you're financially stable to do it, if you have saved money to do it, or if you have an income to do it and you want to do it, just do it. Because at the end of the day, guess what? Those nine to five jobs in America ain't going nowhere. They're going to be there till the end of time. Nine to five corporate America will never, ever, ever, ever go away. So you'll have something to come back to. People are so afraid that the hardest thing is going to be for people to break the norms. So if you want to do it, just do it. Make sure you're financially stable first. But if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah. But financial stability looks different for everybody. Because even with that statement, people will be like, I just need to stack a little bit more. Or I just need to stack. And it's always the same thing. I just want to stack a little bit more. And they never get to the point of feeling like they're financially ready to go when you don't have to give up your whole life to travel you can just you know what i'm saying as we mentioned on a couple of shows take sabbaticals yep. maybe a two-year is not for everybody but a good 30 days 90 days there's i know my old job they you could take leaves of absence you won't get paid of course but you can take leave of absence and your job will be waiting for you if you just want to just get away and just live life telling you the best feeling ever is waking up and knowing that you ain't got nothing to do. Nothing to do. That's literally the best feeling ever. Like, that feeling is like, yo, I ain't got nothing. And now you don't have to have anything to do. Yeah, like, you don't, you know, you know, you're just like, huh? You're like, you're like do I want to do something? Well, I ain't got to do nothing today. You know, I could just sit here and <laughs> pop open a Leo real quick and just chill. You know, I could just do that. I could jump on a bike and go somewhere. You know, it's just literally. Yeah, the world is your oyster at that point. It's kind of like you're in charge of your life. That's when you really realize you're in charge of your yep, life. basically. Before we let go, there's two things. So, number one, could you talk a little bit how about CM Exclusive? You want to do the plug? I mean, <laughs> Nubia. I guess either Nubia could tell you more about it or Craig can say about what his experience has been like. Well, I want to hear from you both because you both have dealt with the CM exclusive experience, which is, all right, so let me just give the listeners just a little bit. And I'm sorry, Francis is sitting here plugging me on your interview, Craig. Oh, you are good. Plug it. Plug it away. Uh, so CM Exclusive is a company that I started here in Chiang Mai where I help people relocate to Chiang Mai. And these two lovely people who you guys are listening to right now are one of my first clients, right? <laughs> so Craig, you want to give the people a little experience about what your experience was with me? Um, because you were recommended to me by a friend of yours who is a mutual now friend yeah, of ours. Yeah, basically one of my friends from uh, from back home saw on Instagram that I was leaving. And I remember I was like, oh, wasn't she in Thailand? And then she was like, yo, I got you. I'm going to put you in touch with these people. But I, said, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I hit you up. You literally looked out no matter what. And like all you did, like literally you've been, you hooked me up with the apartment. Because at first I was going to come to Thailand for a month. 
and like I was just gonna like just do time for a month, and like I wasn't gonna I was gonna do hostels and bounce around private room hostels, but I was gonna do hostels and bounce around and stuff and do all that stuff. But then like talking to you and you're explaining to me that actually getting an apartment is actually cheaper than paying for a hostel or a hotel, and I'm just like, oh, when I do the math slowly. You know, it kind of works out that way. And then also having a bike because Grab does add up. The only time I really use Grab is when I go out for drinks because I'm not going to drink drink and ride. So, like, everything else is, is a bike. So, like, you basically being the communication was on point. And I appreciate that. And I really do appreciate that because, like, literally now I'm in a great area, a great apartment. My bike is on point. I'm good. Showed you the markets. Yeah, yeah. Like, show me the markets. Like, literally, I'm good. Like, I'm very content. Now, all I, all I got to do is explore. So, like, so like I, it's worked out. worked out perfect. I'm glad I was able to help you with that. That's what's up. I mean, and that's the least of your worries, right? You just want to be able to come in, land, and just take off and just go. And go comfortably. And you're able to do that. So, that's what's up. Yeah, basically. It was a little hard when I got in the train because, like, nobody knew where I was going. And then, like, yeah. Like, it was, it was a little <laughs> I was, I that, was happy. Your, that, that was your fault. You wanted to take the train. No, I wanted to take because because at that time it was cheaper. But and also no, nobody knew when I got there. Nobody knew where this complex was. That's why nobody knew this apartment was. That was the whole problem. And then I couldn't find it on Google Maps. And then I finally did find it on Google Maps. Couldn't find no. I couldn't find Apple Maps, and I finally deleted Apple Maps. I don't use Google. Google, yes. Yeah, I, I tell everybody, Google Apple. Maps. Apple Maps is terrible. Yeah. Well, the thing about Thailand, just so people know, GPS was not something that was uh, a thing in Thailand. So the locals get around by just knowing kind of the areas, right? GPS maybe came about three years ago. So they're learning how to read a GPS. They're learning how to read maps. That's not something they learn in school. Yeah, I read I so, Chinese brought GPS up. Exactly. So yeah, it can get frustrating at times when, you, when you're like, you know, how do you not know where this is? But that's not how they operate. This is not how they just know stuff by just knowing stuff. I'm just like, because I'm still like, grew up or whatever. the basic things. Like I'm learning the back streets to get around checkpoints and stuff, which, you know, it's cool. <laughs> If you want to know one thing about Chiang Mai, the one thing you got to avoid is these checkpoints. But you should be good, though. I remember I asked you if you had your international driver's license. But I don't have the stamp, the motorcycle stamp. Oh, yeah. They pulled me over. Just flash it. They'd be like, they took it. And I had to pay the five Mm -hmm. to get it back. Oh, snap. Ties about their butt. Yeah, they sure are. (laughs) But I'm glad you're having a great experience. I'm having a great experience. There's a few things I miss, but you know, I'm good. Like, I'll tell you, there's a few things you miss. You're going to miss, in Chiang Mai, at least, there's not a lot of hip-hop music up here, so if you want to go out, you got to hear with the... <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. You know, I totally hear No, I can dig it. You came from Houston, I came from D.C., and the music culture in yeah. D.C. is serious. So... I miss live music. I miss concerts, things like that. I was saying, I think I said it to you guys. I was like, we have to go down to Bangkok just for like a quick weekend getaway just to kind of party, have hookah and some real beverages. Go to hear real, real everything. Like, Chiang Mai, if you want to chill and focus on light and focus on things, Chiang Mai is it. You want to turn up as a black person? Yeah. Bangkok might be it. Just for like a... Bangkok and the Philippines. Yeah. Bangkok would be it because like, well, most black people could come to... Thailand, where do they go? They go to Bangkok and Phuket. Black people don't come to Chiang Mai. The backpackers come to Chiang Mai. If more black people to come to Chiang Mai, I feel like the DJs would more kind of change up Cater. the thing. Yeah. Well, they would adapt more, but like, black people don't come to Chiang Mai. I used to 
used to get in my grabs and they would turn on some trap music real quick. Yeah, in the grabs, yeah, they, yeah, in the grabs. I'm talking about in the clubs. Like, they don't do that. All you hear is the. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's always, what I'm saying is, there's always a way to change something. Go up in a spot and be like, yo, let me. Let me get on that, you know. That they have it. they have it on their computers. I don't DJ. I would, I'd like, I would, and there's some people. You had to create a playlist. Yeah, got to some because it's that's why it's, a lot of times I'll be in the crib just chilling. Like I'm learning by a lot, so I'm just trying to go to like lounges. Like I wish there was people up here. I'll be there every weekend just chilling. There are some things that you do miss from the states, but overall, that can be in a lot of different countries you go to. There'll always be something else, but overall. As a whole, I think that being overseas has been a lot healthier for myself in the sense of the way I eat, the way I'm starting to create a routine that's a lot more healthier and I'm not blowing money just doing things like happy hour all the time, right? I don't know. I would say that there's times when I get into my fried food binges because they fry some shit out of some chicken out here. So I got to kind of fall back on the fried food. Chicken is better than a fried chicken. Gotta have that rotisserie chicken. Oh, oh the rotisserie. We have, have it in the fridge right now. Oh, that rotisserie <laughs> chicken. Life. The chicken in Thailand is life. Oh, my goodness. We always end up talking Special about herbs that. and spices. Yeah. They put the, the kernel to rest. Gotta sleep. They put a little Popeye's lady from New Orleans to sleep. <laughs> There's actually a Popeye's yeah, out I'm here. I'll eat them all when I'm overseas. I can dig it. I can dig it. I drive by some Pizza Hut. Yeah, can like, do it. Yeah. How's your experience? Mine? Uh, it's been great. I mean, I've lost a ton of weight. I always eat like a local, so yeah. I, once in a while I get a bit of a craving, but 99% of the time yeah. I'm eating like a local. And I take walks like a local. It's harder to walk around here a little bit because we're like by a really busy street, but I usually walk everywhere, so but I got to yeah, stay in the gym. I was in the gym this morning, and the gym is cheap. People are like, where do you work out? I'm like, yo, gyms here are cheap. And then like, I got a three-month membership for $60. And I'm like, real gyms too. And I like Planet Fitness where they serve food. Like, yeah, that gym is Especially going in the middle of the it's day legit. and nobody there. Empty gym is amazing. The best feeling ever. But overall, I mean, hopefully you'll have the same outlook and experience wherever you go that you're, you're really just enjoying yourself because every place is going to be different. I already know I prepare myself that I'm still from a foreigner. What I've sensed with traveling, people can sense. Locals can sense when you want to be a local. Like, they could sense it. Like, they could be like, oh, you sitting down to eat here with us? Oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm like, they could, like, even when I travel, like, when I travel to Cuba, I mean, cafeterias with locals and playing dominoes with old dudes. Oh, they like shop because they're like, oh, because most of the Americans, when they go over there, they just want to be in the hotel or something like that. So, locals sense that. No matter where I go, I have the same mindset. Be prepared for anything and don't be closed minded to anything besides chitlins. So, Craig, how can people follow you on social media? Give us the handles. Follow me. I have uh, IG, The Cheap God, Facebook, The Cheap God, Twitter, The Cheap God, and then on uh, YouTube, which I'm working on now, just getting my editing thing together, The Cheap God. Everything we have been. I'm also going to be working on uh, selling shirts and hats and stuff like that, uh, merchandise, learning how to do everything myself. Maybe one day I might pay somebody to help me, but right now. Well, you have the time. Being the cheap guy. Probably the best way is to learn so you can train others. And learn it and do it myself because I don't want to pay nobody. You're so silly. <laughs> no, that's what's up. So everybody check out the cheap guy. 
And I'll be looking forward to the Cheap God Travel Guide. Yeah, that's the travel guide. Yeah, I'm working on the travel guide now. Like, I have so many ideas in my head. Just put it on paper. It's like, that's really what I want to help people with. Either it's be in video form or in paper form. I know. Yeah, so we'll figure it out. Everything's in the process right now. Bear with me. The Cheap God is working, you know. You're in the right place for it, though. Don't worry about it. The same way you wake up in the morning and say, you know, what do I want to do? You work on you, your brand, and everything that you want. You're in a good space, and you'll be able to get that off the ground with no problems, I'm sure. Well, Chief God, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We're excited to see your journey moving forward. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.